last week, Pastor Dana talked about the gift of love, and one, I just loved her thoughts. One of the main thoughts was that the lamb is always enough. Amen. I just thought that was great, that Jesus did not come in this world for his own self-interest. He came for the lost. He came for you and me, and that it was the blood of the lamb that set us free. Good stuff. If you missed that message, make sure that you go back and check that out from last week. Today I want to talk a little bit about the thought of that Jesus is the gift of hope. The gift of hope. Coming out of 1 Peter 1.3, it says this right here. It says, celebrate with praises the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can we just do that for a second? Can we just celebrate and give praises to the Lord? Amen. What a great way to start it out. Amen. Yes. Celebrate with praises the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has shown us his extravagant mercy. For his fountain of mercy has given us a new life. We are reborn to experience a living, energetic hope. Everybody say hope. hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, now what I like to do is when, when we put a scripture up like this, I like to look at what's in the scripture. And there's a lot of good in there. There's talking about celebration. You see uh, a, a, an encouragement to give praises. It points out extravagant mercy, that it talks about a fountain of mercy. It even talks about being reborn. It, it, it reminds us that we, we are born again in our Lord Jesus. It brings out the resurrection of Jesus. Amen. You know what that's telling us? Is that our God is alive. Praise God. And then lastly, that we can experience a living, energetic hope. Now, looking at biblical hope, in the Old Testament Hebrew, you have yakal and kavah. They are used simultaneously. Sometimes they're used in, in a different situation or another. But, but yakal talks about to wait for. And, and kavah is about an intense time of waiting where, where it's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like it, something very dramatic or, or hard is going on and you're waiting on the Lord to, to move. Here's the thing is, is like, what were they waiting for? You know, they were waiting for God to move. They were waiting for him to speak, to show up, or to lead them. In fact, in Isaiah 8, 17, you look here, it says, I will put my hope, kavah, in him. In Psalms 137, the, the psalmist writes, O Israel, keep hoping, yahal, keep trusting, and keep waiting on the Lord. And, and, and the thing is, is that whether you were a Jewish man or a Jewish woman, or a child, you were taught, you were reminded that, that the hope was that they were waiting for the coming of the Messiah. That's what we find in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, hope takes on a new life-giving message and meaning. Jesus came as a baby, as a man showed us God himself. He died for our sins and was resurrected to life. So hope in the Greek is elpis or elpis. And what you see is this, is you're not just waiting, but you're full of anticipation, that there is joy, that there is a confident expectation that Jesus will return. Now remember, he has already come, give me an amen on that, but he will return again for us. And there is the hope that he will also, this is, this is the beauty of Jesus' return for us, is that we get to go and be with him for eternity, but this is what we believe, and this is the hope that he will also reset the universe. Think about what I'm saying. It's deep. It's, it's, a, it's a vast thing that he's doing to 
free the universe from corruption into freedom. Elpis speaks to a hope that cannot be shaken. It is an eternal hope. Elpis recognizes the gift that was given in the gift that is to come. Jesus is hope. Jesus is the gift. Jesus is the gift of hope. And because he lives, church, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. All fear is gone. Because I know life is worth the living, and Jesus is the living hope, he is the gift of hope unwrapped. Give me an amen. Guys, um, I, I was spending some time, you know, thinking about, and I want you guys just to think, too, while I'm talking about this. You know, I was, I was taking some time in the studying of this, and I was going, Matt, go back, like, between age 6 and 15. What was the gift that you got for Christmas? Like, what was it, you know? Everybody has a gift that they can look back as a child and go, man, that was the best gift ever. And I, I know for about five or six years, my brother and I, uh, man, we wrote Santa, man, quite a bit, asking him for the, uh, the, Honda, the Honda ATC 110 three-wheeler. Come on, I've talked about this before. Look at this, you guys. It, 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 where's that slide? Come on. <laughs> no? What happened? No, sorry, we'll fix that in the second service. Don't worry about it. Anyway, there's an ATC 110 uh, Honda three-wheeler. It was called basically the, the death machine on three wheels. And the thing is, is that my mom and dad didn't go to bat for us with Santa at all on that gift. You know what I mean? Because they knew if they put it under us, we probably would have killed ourselves. But the unwrapping of the gift that we really, really, really looked to the Lord for, basically my brother and I, is we were like, God, please, in 1977, how many of you guys remember the release of Atari? Come on. The console system. In, now, that's the slide that should come up, but I don't know. We might not have that anymore. But in 1977, they released the Atari uh, game console. And um, in 78, oh, hey, there's the beauties. Okay, so we got that back. So do we have Atari? Doesn't that look Hey, come on, man. Let's give our media team a hand right there, you guys. So, guys, look at, look at this slogan right here. Don't watch TV, play it. Man, and look at these killer games. Outlaw. <laughs> come on, man. Home run. Look at those graphics, those cowboys up there, man. And, guys, we, that's what we wanted. That's what we asked for. And I remember when we opened up that gift, you know, and later they came out with Pele Soccer and Space Invaders and Missile, miss, missile Command and Asteroids and Pac-Man. Guys, it was everything getting that gift right there. I remember in Christmas, thinking about Stuart Christmases over the years. You guys, what I remember about us as a family, and I'm talking we had a big Stuart family, especially in California. There's a lot of laughter. A lot of joy, a lot of music and anticipation. All of this because of hope. Jesus is the gift of hope. I think about the weddings that I've attended over the years, Lori and I, especially 1988, and then all the weddings after. You, you're, you're there and there's laughter and there's tears and there's music and celebrating the beauty of it all. And all because of hope that one day we will be with Christ at the marriage supper of the Lamb. That living hope. This is coming at a level, guys, I'm telling you, this is coming at a level soon that none of us can fully comprehend. Lori and I and our family have bet our entire lives on this. And you might not like the word bet, so I'm going to give you some others. We have pledged, we have decided with all certainty that it is the hope, our hope, that Christ will return for us one day. 
Church, we are one year closer to his return. We are one year closer to all things being made new. We are one year closer to our hope being finally fulfilled. You see, when we try to put our, our, our hope on the things of the world or just on things, they can't hold the weight of our eternity. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? They just can't hold it. I think about our dreams. I think about eternity that we are looking forward to spending with God. Guys, that there will be one day that there's no more pain, no more sin, and no more death. When you put your hope in things, your life will only be filled with anxiety, fear, and anger. But if you put your hope in the right place, everybody say right place. If you drop anchor in a place that is unshakable and is only found in Jesus, if you remain faithful, keeping your hope in Christ, the Bible tells us in Colossians 1.27, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this ministry, which is in Christ, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That Christ is the hope of glory. Lamentations 3.24, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will hope in him. Romans 5.5 says, and this hope is not a disappointing fantasy. Look at this in the other translations, same verse. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, and hope does not put us to shame. Guys, let's dig into this a little bit deeper. I want us to look at Romans 5 and 6. Look at these both scriptures. This is the message version. We're never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary. We can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. Christ arrives right on time to make this happen. There's the hope. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. Guys, what are these scriptures saying to us? It is saying he will not betray us, that he cannot fail us, he will return for us, and we will be with him. Amen. This is so important to the believer, especially in a season where a thousand foe hopes. And what I mean by that is imitation or false or counterfeit hopes that will be shoveled into our imaginations. They cannot hold the weight of our eternity. Guys, I love classic Christmas movies. Now, I mean, you can, you can go back into the 40s and 50s, 60s, but one of my favorite classics is Elf, playing just flat out. I remember when that movie came out, and uh, yeah, come on, man. When Elf came out, my grandma Shaw had flown out to um, Arkansas. It was actually, I mean, from Arkansas to California. It was the last time that she ever made her trip to California before she died. And Elf had just come out. And I just remember just sitting there, both of us just laughing our tails off. You know what I mean? Just having a great time. It's just a, an amazing, listen, come on. He gets to find his dad. He walks through the Lincoln Tunnel. You know what I mean? Come on, guys. It, it's just an amazing, amazing, like, movie. Then you have Hallmark Countdown to Christmas that started back in That's ridiculous. And, but, but, guys, you know, I haven't watched one this year, but they all start the same and they all end the same. You know what I'm saying? But, but again, the truth is this, is, and if you look at this next slide, they can't hold the weight of our hope. They can't do it. Did you know that there's actually a thing called Christmas blues and it's a real thing? Church, listen to what I'm saying. 
There is so much anticipation, there's so much expectation in this season for that job promotion, for that relationship to be healed, to receive that be-all, end-all gift, that because we built it so high up in our hearts and in our minds, the things we hope for, that we were hoping will happen, Christmas comes and goes, and we start tearing down the tree, we start putting things away, and we only find ourselves feeling disappointed, disenfranchised, jaded, and empty. And this is the thought that's going to come up on the screen for you. Because we were looking to things when we should have been looking to the one. Amen. Our hope is not in this over-commercialized season where everything magically works out. That's Hallmark movies. Christmas cookies, Christmas kisses, whatever they want to call all those things. Guys, they just always magically work out and that's just not reality. Our hope is in his presence, in his spirit that is here with us right now. In this room right now, our hope is looking forward to his soon return. Our hope is spending eternity with our Lord and God and our Savior. Jeremiah 29, 11, I'm going to get right into my first thoughts. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. And this is my first thought. Set your hope on God's plan. Amen. You know, plans, are, it's, it's crazy, you know, because, you know, we know the scriptures that we can make all the plans we want, but God orders our footsteps. But he does allow us to make some plans. Come on. I mean, like for Thanksgiving, this was our plan. We, we were going to go eat a Cracker Barrel and come home and take a big nap. And then we were going to get up and start ch- uh, setting up the Christmas trees. And guys, it worked perfectly to plan. I mean, we got to Cracker Barrel, we ate, we came back, took a huge nap, and we got up and we started setting up the Christmas trees. But don't you know that on any other day, that plan could actually get kind of messed up. You could have a flat tire, you could have something else change. You know, there's, and we just understand that God, God in the small things, he can help. In fact, when we set up the tree, look at this right here. There's Bear helping me set up the tree and, and there, you know, whatever. So, we, we, so, so the plan worked out is what I'm trying to say. He trusts us in the little things. But when it comes to our lives, and I'm talking about, listen to this. I'm talking about the time that we have on planet Earth, and I want everybody to listen to me. College students, high school students, adults. Lori and I both this year lost people that were our age that died too way too soon. Just this year. But God knows our time. He knows the time that we get to have here. And this is what I want to say. The hope is that God has a plan and that it is an awesome plan and listen to this, and we get to say yes or no to it. And for those who are faithful, who keep both hands on the plow, looking forward, <clears throat> God's plan is going to be good. It will lead us into our futures, and it will have an unbelievable end, and it will be from an unexplainable hope because he's in control. Jesus came in spite of sin and scandal. Christ came in spite of racism and sexism. Christ came even though people had forgotten their God. Jesus still came to us in spite of hopelessness and depression. And even though the world was a wreck seeking its own glory and pleasure, Jesus came to us and it was all a part of God's plan. Think about this. Think about this. Think about the surprise pregnancy. I can guarantee you 
It was not in 12-year-old Mary's mind that she was going to get pregnant the way that she got pregnant. Come on, stay with me here. The census, that sudden census that came up where they had the, the long road from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Even though some of the things that they went through, Mary and Joseph, they were unpleasant and difficult. And at the time, it, what, what happened, though, is it resulted in the greatest miracle up until that point that the world had ever seen, Jesus coming to us as a baby. Luke 2, 7 says, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Everything that had happened prior to his birth, Everything, even the moment of Jesus coming to us as a baby, it was all a part of God's plan. Even after Mary got pregnant, I can promise you things didn't always go how she wanted them to go. God uses all struggles. He uses all the victories for the glory that comes through his son Jesus. Sometimes, and hear my heart on this, we all in this room need a reminder that Jesus actually holds all things together. <laughs> Give me a second. Colossians, Colossians 1 is going to come up for you. 16 through 17. It says this right here. We look at the sun and see the... Hey, why don't you guys read this while I cry? Come on, read it, read it to me. We look, come on, read it. Read it out. Amen. Come on. What we just read is that God has a plan. And he holds all things together, and that plan included you. Well, Pastor Matt, what's the plan? Well, I'm so glad you asked. If we go down a little bit more in Colossians 1, starting in verse 27, it says this. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope, el peace, filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. What's it say, guys? Christ is our message. And we preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. That Christ is the message. So what, what are we seeing here? That the story is this. Or, or the hope is be saved, tell the story, and be ready for his return. Let me say it again. Be saved, tell the story, and be ready for his return. And this leads me to my second thought. Set your hope on God's son. We have set your hope on God's plan, set your hope on God's son. I was eight years old. I, I look back to this all the time. I was eight years old. I was at a Sunday school class in, at Southwest Assembly of God in Little Rock, Arkansas. And our teacher was in there telling us the Christmas story. And I don't know if it was the flannel board. I, I don't know if it was the translation of the Bible that he used. But something clicked in my eight-year-old mind that I finally got the story. 
Something had changed. At eight years old, I finally had my first revelation of Jesus. This was before I was water baptized. This was before I, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. It was at definitely before when I walked away from the Lord. But guys, at eight years old, I finally got it. I finally understood the why. Why we come to church. Why it was important to love God. Why I was feeling the way that I did. I'm sitting there at eight years old about to cry in Sunday school class where everybody else is having a Christmas party. And I didn't want them to see me start to cry. But I finally realized it. I'd had a revelation of Jesus himself. I had hope. And it was real hope that I had found in Jesus Christ. Church, Jesus coming to us as a baby, Jesus going to the cross for our sins, Jesus coming back to life as our risen Savior, all of this screams hope. It's like all my hope is in him. Jesus is my hope. Jesus is my peace. Philippians 4, 67 says this, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled request before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Isn't that great? This is the hope. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our peace. And if you're going to put your hope in anything in this lifetime, I want to encourage you. Put your hope on God's son. If you're going to cling to anything in your lifetime, cling to Jesus. In the ER, put your hope in him. When your dreams seem to be falling apart, cling to Jesus. Between the headstones of the cemetery, call on his name. Whether it's financial struggles, mortgage payments, marriage issues, temptations, and temptations never stop. No matter what this life might throw at you, put your hope in Jesus. The psalmist in 11.3, check this out. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of the ICB translation, and I, I was really looking for a, a, a translation that I thought would say what I wanted it to say, like just my heart behind it. ICB actually stands for the International Children's Bible. Come on, guys. Come on. And, and, and here's the translation. <clears throat> when all that is good falls apart, what good can people do? And here's the, here's the heart behind this is that the, the psalmist actually answers his question. He says it this way. The Lord is in his holy temple and the Lord sits on his throne in heaven. And what's happening here is King David is saying, remember, no matter what it might look like, feel like, or sound like, even when it seems like there's no end in sight, our God is still on the throne. When I think about Jesus coming to us in the form of a baby boy, guys, what a mighty God we serve. What a miraculous God that we serve. All-powerful, all-knowing, still on the throne, and he loves me and he loves you. John 3, 16, look at it with your own eyes. For God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life or eternal hope. So set your hope on Jesus. Give me an amen. Here's my third and final thought. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. Let's give them a hand. What an amazing set. 
Wow, time of worship. Praise God. So my third thought is this. Set your hope on God's gift. When Lori and I first got married, uh, well, the only time we got married. <laughs> it sounded weird. Um, anyway, um, you know, we tried the first couple years getting each other gifts for Christmas. And I, and I have to admit, I was the one that really failed at gifts that I thought she would want. I can't remember what I got her, but it would have been the equivalent of, like, I got her a vacuum and something from Victoria's Secret. I don't know. It was just weird. It was not horrible gifts for Christmas. But, but we finally decided, we made the decision, okay, we'll go together, I'll show her what I want, and then she can buy it, and then she show, and it's worked perfect for 35 years, you guys. It's been amazing. And so it's, it's saved a lot of things. My grandma, Stuart, she used to give the most amazing Christmas gifts, and I couldn't wait to get it from her. Around age 15, something shifted. I don't know what happened. I don't know if I was naughty or what, but my gift, uh, you know, I'm sitting there, and I open it up, 15 years old, and I open it up, and it's a, a bottle of uh, Stetson cologne. I'm like, what in the world? You guys, you know, like, you know, we're, like, we're, and look, plus you can lose four to six pounds in this thing before you get your, ca- your check cash. Isn't that crazy? Anyway, old, this is an old night. So I get this Stetson cologne, and I'm looking at my cousins, and they're getting, like, you know, cool gifts or, or money and stuff. Then the following year, she goes a step down and gets me English leather. Come on, man. So I got English leather for a couple years after that. So I was either smelling like a cowboy rope or leather, or saddle leather. You know, I didn't know what was going on. And so finally, I was out at Bethany going to school, and I could go up to see her about once a month. And so I go up, and I hear her talking, actually going, talking about gifts for, for the kids and cousins and stuff. And, and I hear her go, oh, Matthew, I know what I'm getting. And I said, Matt, if we're going to change it, you got to do it right now. And so I went around the corner. I go, hey, Grandma, Grandma, I've got enough cologne. I'm, I'm good. You know what I mean? And, um, and she goes, well, what do I get you? I go, oh, Grandma, anything, money, whatever, you know. And guys, guys, Christmas came, and I got my card and I opened up. Some money fell out, and everything had been reset. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Come on. Everything was back to where it should have been, you know. Uh, but, but, guys, in Romans 6, 23, it says this. For the wages of sin is death. But what's it say right here? But the free gift, the free gift of God is eternal life. Through Christ Jesus our Lord. Eternal life. Freedom even now. Now that we get to live where we are no longer a slave to sin or fear. That the message of the gospel, we get to live in his love. We get to have relationships. We get to be reborn and having new life. And he is the God of second chances. Give me an amen. And one of the greatest gifts we get through knowing Jesus is that we get to know his father. We get to spend and have an eternal relationship with the God who always had the plan. This is what I know about my God. He has always loved you and loved me. His name is Yahweh. He is Elohim. He is Jehovah. He is the first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. He is creator of all. The entire universe responds to his voice. Time does not hold him. He always was and always is. He is unmoved. He is unchanged. He is undefeated and never undone. He came as a baby but left as our risen Savior. He has risen to bring power. He reigns to bring peace. He lives to bring life. He is our hope. Church, we need to remind ourselves he is God. He is Jesus. He is the Holy Spirit. He is life. 
He is love. He is light. His goodness, beauty, hope, and power and faithfulness is ours. He is the greatest gift you will ever receive. This is what I know about my God. He is forever holy. He is worthy, powerful, and pure. My God cannot lie. He is the promise maker. He is the promise keeper. He pays attention to you and me. His eyes are forever on us. He is my energetic living hope. Let me introduce you to my Jesus. He is alive. He is my peace. He is my Lord. He is my comfort. He makes a way when there is no way. He is my joy. He rules my heart. He sits on the throne of my life. Remind yourself, your God actually wants to have a relationship with you. He will never forget you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never mislead you. He will never cancel or cast you out. Why should you have hope? Because God's son Jesus to us had a plan that one day soon Jesus would return for his church. When you are lost, he will come looking for you. When you fail, he will pick you up. And when you're at the weakest moments of your life, he will be your strength. When you are afraid, he is your peace and he is your hope. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to us for saying yes to the Father, for becoming the gift that was unwrapped, that wherever I go, whatever I go through, what people might say, whatever I might face, the decisions that I will make in my mess, in my hurt, in my worst and best moments of my life, you are my Savior. You are my hope. Come on, church. You are Jesus. You are Jesus. Your name is Jesus. You are Yeshua HaMashiach. You are my hope. You are my peace. And I give you all praise. Come on, church. Let's give him a praise.